everybody, and welcome to Six on Cinema. I am one half of your Unit 731 scientists, John. I'm, I'm not admitting to that. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. I didn't even address myself. No, you didn't. Who are you? I'm, I'm Matt. I'm He's one half of your unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> so, much like everything else in the world of Sick on Cinema, we were completely unprepared. Of course we were. Um... This still is the true crime episode, true horror, if you will. Yeah. Um, however, the lineup has changed a bit. Well, we have one original. Yeah. We were supposed to do uh, Snowtown. American Crime. And Compliance. We sw- we switched uh, American Crime to uh, The Girl Next Door just because I, you know, I like that movie better. Yeah. So we went with it. However, when we went to watch Snowtown... Uh, the sources that were our sources were gone. <laughs> yeah, because it was on Netflix for forever. And it was on Shutter too. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, yeah, if you guys. Yeah, both of them pulled it, which is like, what the hell? So we could not watch, that. watch unfortunately, Snowtown Murders, which we will cover down the road one day. Yeah. But instead, we uh, replaced it with... The Men Behind the Sun and... The Girl Next Door, we always talked about that. Yeah. Men Behind the Sun. So now it's Compliance, Men Behind the Sun, and The Girl Next Door. Yes. So some heavy hitters today on Sick on Cinema. Very heavy hitters. Very heavy hitters, indeed. But before we get into the the sad depravity, uh, we got some housekeeping to take care of like we always do. Yes. Go to synconcinema at gmail.com to drop us a line, which I haven't checked. Maybe I should tell us where everybody, where everything else can be seen, Matt, while I look make sure we don't have any you emails. follow us on Sick on Cinema on Instagram. You can follow us on here on iTunes if you listen to us on iTunes. Well, maybe you should give them a little more information about how they can find us. Huh? Maybe you should give them a little more information about how they can find us. <laughs> I mean, the, our you're like, name. You're like, ah, just follow us on Twitter. I'm going to hit you with something. It's at Sick on Cinema, bro. It's at Sick on Cinema on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook. We don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course we don't. So, let me do that since you did dead ass. (laughs) (laughs) You did such a terrible job at that. Well, At Sick on Cinema on the Twitters, at Sick on Cinema on the Instagrams, and search Sick on Cinema on Facebook, and you should be able to find us. As well as drop us an email at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Except for the, the email part. That's pretty much what I said. Yeah, but you did it in just such a less, like, professional manner. You were so much more, like, lackadaisical with it. You're just like, I guess we're on Twitter. Sick on Cinema. And if you anyway. Want, if you want Instagram, you can just, you know, whatever. Didn't even say it like that. <laughs> also... This is your last chance. Support net neutrality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. December 14th. December 14th is... Unless they postpone it again. Unless they postpone it, which hopefully they do. Yeah. Hopefully it just doesn't go through. But, yeah, net neutrality, it's a big deal. You definitely want to, you know, call your congressman. Unless you want to pay to listen to us and other podcasts. And everything else. And a bunch of other bull. We said it it last week. Yeah, we don't got to get into it. Just know that you you need to sign the petitions, call the congressman, look for... uh, Call call your senators. Call your senators. Look for um, any kind of information as well as, like, gatherings to support it. Yeah, even do... uh, 
Oh, oh God, what's it called? Mm-hmm. I'm tired right now. I don't know why. Um, never mind. F it. Let's just get on. Protests? With yes. 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 Wow, I'm stupid. Uh, do all that information, all that stuff. Yes. Do that good. Do that good. <laughs> do that good. This stuff. is my cup. I will have drink. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely supporting neutrality. You know, can we make a difference? It's hard to say. It, hopefully we can. But we got to at least try. So Hopefully anyone can make a difference. But that, is, that is true. So that's out of the way. We don't want to get into that too much because we did on the last Yeah, we got to do it. Yeah, hold on. If you want to hear us talk about it more in detail, last episode is what's up. Yeah. So uh, how you been in these last couple of weeks, Matt? Uh, I've been okay, yeah. Been lazy. I you know that much. I'll call you out. That's all right. You've been sick as shit. I've been sick. The The podcast was in jeopardy there for a couple of days. Yeah. We were unsure if we were going to be, be able to do it. <laughs> and then you're better now. I am better. I feel a whole lot better. I can actually talk without coughing. Like I can still tell a little bit you're a little sick. Yeah, I still, I mean, I'm still not 100%, but man, last week, like late last week, I was like... just <laughs> <laughs> like... Job of the hood. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, you combine being ill with just the just the longest, shittiest week at work, and uh, you know it's been a bad couple of weeks. Well, I mean, still on the on the proper jobs. Mm. Oh, and uh, on some show news, a little bit. Last episode, we spoke about a great film known as Dead Beat at Dawn. Yes. Directed by Mr. Update. Jim. Update. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, I wasn't sure if that box set was still available and how readily available it was to get. Well, come early next year, it will be very available because none other than the mighty Arrow Video yes. has picked up the distribution rights for both the U.S. and the U.K., and they're going to be doing a 4K transfer of Deadbeat at Dawn. Thank God. I just hope Van Bever doesn't lose his shit. Yeah, as long as Van Bever just behaves, then we're going to have a 4K Blu-ray of Deadbeat okay. at Dawn. It's going to be insane. That's going to be a day one purchase for sure. Oh, yeah. So, there will also be, a, and I actually just pre-ordered it recently, Blade of the Immortal, the 100th movie yes. by Takashi Miike. They put a still book of that out. So. Also, I've been meaning, I've been meaning to ask you, so mm-hmm. if we can do it later so people can be informed about it as well. Sure. Is there any update on the Serbian film Uncut? No. I know that Byro and them are still currently... Oh, excuse me. Hold on a second. Let me get this out of the way. Uh, <laughs> still currently working on the um, documentary. The documentary? Yeah, about Serbian film. And once that's done, then the film will... Get its distribution. That's cool. So it's still on the way. That's pretty much another day one buy because we need to cover that. Oh, absolutely. Serbian is very important, and we can cover it before the set comes out. But it, I don't know. It just feels like I feel. Like, I feel like that'd be a little more special to do it all together. Cause, I mean, we've both seen a cut as well as like you know we could go ahead and cover the first two of the American Guinea Pig movies. But I'd like to wait for uh, Saga Solomon and Sacrifice as well. Yeah. Uh, 2018 is going to be a big year for disturbing disturbing movies. Yeah. Like older disturbing movies. You know, man, here's hoping that maybe something Even like... Even new. Yeah. Here's hoping, like, something like Arrow could put out, like, maybe the, the the uh like, American Guinea Pig. Not American yeah. Guinea Pig, but the Guinea Pig movies. Yes. That would be awesome. You know, I'd like to see Daisuke Yamanashi's movies get released. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yo, what was that? That was a disgusting burp. That was bad. Right. So, 
enough rambling up top. Let's get on into the to the episode. Yeah. So the theme of this episode is um another set of movies that after you watch you'll want to slit your wrist. That's true. But um, al- <laughs> but also it's like you know we we usually pair these movies up by either a genre or a theme or a director spotlight or a company spotlight. And this one is a uh, is is a thematic uh pairing as they all the one thing they all have in common is that they're all based on true stories. Yeah, and a lot of these stories you you honestly won't believe actually yeah. happened. That's one thing they all have in common too. Yeah, that they're gritty, nasty, and they really happened. Yeah. You know, someone once said that, uh, famously, that truth is scarier than fiction. Oh, yeah. And when with these movies, it's it's true, you know? And it just shows that, like, one thing they also have in common is, like, how, like, seemingly average normal people can escalate into terrible, depraved situations. I mean, this is essentially the worst humanity has to offer. Pretty much. <laughs> so... We're going to start in 2012. 2012. With Compliance. I didn't realize it was that new of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember when this first came out, because it was on Netflix, and it was getting quite a bit of buzz, and I watched it and was, you know, impressed, but also kind of like, is this really real? You know, yeah, so like I'm, it's real. I immediately had to look it up, and not only is it based on true story, it's actually probably of all these movies the the most historically accurate as far as the events Oof. that took place. And that that is scary. That is very scary. So like I think like I read up on the case a little bit too. Like it actually ha- it happened at a McDonald's. At a McDonald's, yes, which they could not I mean, legally they could that, yeah. do that, you know. That and, and even if they asked for the rights to do that, they would have gotten they they wouldn't have even got the rights yeah. for that. Like, we ain't put no name on that shit. Also you have to look at like um the names and stuff were changed as well. Yeah. Which you know, with a easy, if you just look up the um, the McDonald's strip search prank phone call, oh. it's easily found. You know, yeah. the case is very easily found. So, what this movie is about is we're at this chicken restaurant, this fast food establishment. It's called like like chicken, like clucking good or something. No, it's not clucking bell. That's from uh. Oh, that's that's GTA. <laughs> GTA. Um, clucking oh, bell. It's chick something. I remember seeing the name of it. Like, that's, that's a weird name. Yeah. But I can't remember what it is. But uh, it's the night shift. It was like Chickwich? Chickwich, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. But anyways, well, anyway. um, it's the night shift, and it's busier than hell. And uh, they get a phone call from this gentleman claiming to be a police officer. Oof. And he says that there, there was a customer who complained about having money stolen from their pocketbook and that the person at the front counter is the one that did it. So the person at the front counter at the time is Becky, a young blonde girl who is looking, who's just your average young adult. Yeah. And she's taken to the back of the store, and she's held on hold with this cop for many hours as the cop tells them increasingly more and more things for them to do to Becky to try to prove that she indeed stole the money. Yeah. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes until it gets too far. <laughs> that's the best way to it's say it, I think. a prank. I mean, it's already a prank that's already too far. 
I don't even know if it's a if you can call it. It goes beyond a prank call. It's this guy is sexually getting off on this. Yeah, you know what I mean, this is some kind of fetish for sure. And it's oh, it's horrible. The first thing that I picked up on this movie that really bothered me, and I think spoilers for these movies are okay because where they are based on yeah, they they are based on true stories. There's no surprise twist endings on these things. You know, it kind of yeah, goes the way you yeah. think it's gonna go. Yeah, a lot of it is. Just true. It's just what happened, yeah. Um, the first thing I picked up is that this guy, who is played by Pat Healy, who is a very good actor, by the way. Yeah. Um, he's in such movies as uh, The Innkeepers and um, Cheap Thrills. I heard a lot about Innkeepers. I haven't seen it yet. Innkeepers is good. Cheap Thrills is really good, though. Yeah. I wouldn't mind covering it at one point. Yeah, the thing we should cover is really random. Uh, Murder Party. Murder Party's good. Well, I no, about that recently. That was random. Sorry. But anyways, <laughs> back to compliance. Um, okay. This guy is basically using those like old school medium techniques. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, when he's like, uh, yeah, the woman said that she had money taken out. Some girl that's at the front counter. Blonde. You mean Becky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing right here Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's those old school, like, does anyone here have a dad? <laughs> you know? <laughs> did, did did your dad happen to die? <laughs> that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Well, I can feel his presence here right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, clearly it's you, you know? Yeah. He's using these techniques, and, you know, it, it's frustrating, because you're like, how are you not... How would you not pick up on this? How are you not picking up on this? You know what I mean? Like, how is this getting as far as it's getting? It's insane. Yeah, and that's the thing about this movie. It's like, it starts out with them taking her to the back room, and then he's like, you need a strip searcher. Yeah. Which, you know... First off, okay, yeah, first off. Like, I would call, like, if this was just a movie, there's no true story behind it, I'd call absolute bullshit. Right? It does seem like, like, you're like, horseshit, who falls for this? Yeah, the whole, like, it's like... For one, if someone reports someone being stolen, the police would be down there to do mm-hmm. this. Yes. To do a, do a search and whatnot. Instead, you call over the phone and have the employees do it. Bullshit yeah. already. Bullshit. Shouldn't listen to that. No, absolutely. Yeah, and that was what I was going to say. Is like, at that moment, then and there, it's like, you sh- you feel like if you were in that situation, you would have not listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I was at work, let's, say, let's take it where I work, right? I'm at work, and one of our employees is being accused of stealing something. I'm on the phone with the cops, and they're like, all right, I now need you to have her strip. I'd be like, I'm going to need you to come down here Yeah. because that is not my place. I am not a police officer. I do not know what I'm doing, and I will not do that. And, like, his excuse for this in the movie and in the real case is that, oh, oh our, 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 we're busy. That, that That's not an excuse. No. That would never happen. There's plenty of police to come down there and check that out. But, you know, these are like your average Joes. You know, they're probably not thinking. They're also like, you know, I feel like we, you know, we're the kind of people that watch shit on the internet and read shit on the internet. So we're always like, don't trust them. Don't trust the police. (laughs) Don't trust the government. You know what I mean? If the government and the police, they're putting... The, the chemicals in the water turn to frogs. Frogs, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like these are the kind of people that are just sitting there, and to them it's like, oh well, it's a cop. Why would a cop tell me to do something yeah. that I shouldn't do? Ugh. 
pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, it's it's immensely frustrating because the whole time I'm watching it, I just feel like, why are they not? Why are they still listening to this? Like, why is this getting so far? Yeah, but nobody seems to notice anything. Seems to notice that it's weird, that it's off. And also, too, like, there's certain moments in this movie as well as in Girl Next Door where it's like if someone would have just said something, <laughs> it wouldn't have got as far as it did. Yeah. Because, for an instance, she's in there and the manager is like, well, we're really busy. I got to get out there. Can, you know, <laughs> That's kind of the case with all these movies. If someone would have said something. <laughs> yeah, true. But in the, the, in the second movie, we'll, probably, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Like, she brings in this guy. And the the detective's trying to tell him to, you know, take take the uh, the apron. I lost my words there. I don't know what I was trying to think of. <laughs> take the apron from her and, like, check her into a cavity yeah. search. And he's like, I'm not doing that. You know, that's not right. Good man. Good man. However, have, when he handed the, back off, the phone back off to his manager, if he would have been like, he's trying to get me to do this, this, and this, at that point, maybe they would have been like, what is going on? Yeah. But instead, he's just like, Becky's my friend, and I, you know, so it just made him seem like he was just protecting his friend. Yeah. So, like, you know. I mean, also, like, in a real scenario, because, I mean, it's kind of what you have to look at it with all of these. Yeah. I mean, it would be really hard to, like, come up with something to say, like, on the spot, like, ah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, of course, like, if it depends on, like, if you just went out there and said it. I know a lot of people, they, they would just be like, I, I, I'm not involved in this. I'm just going to just walk out. Yeah. <laughs> this is a job. I'm not here to do police work. If you if you really think about it, though, the fact that this guy was able to come up with crap off the top of his head yeah. for hours on end to keep these people from hanging up on him. He's in, it's crazy. And in the real case, and they talk about it in the movie as well, that like over 70 restaurants fell victim to this dude. You know, to what extent... It got in those we don't really yeah. know. This is the most infamous, though. I'm sure some of them they you know it got to the point and they're like, "What is this?" Yeah, and just hug up on him. But this one, it was just a it was a it was a shitstorm of events. Them being busy, so not really necessarily paying attention to the situation on hand. Bringing in people that shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have been there. Like all these things combined to a situation that just led to, you know, a poor girl being taken a complete advantage of. Yeah. So. It's really sad that this even happened. Yeah. And, like, you know, you brought up a good point we are talking about. You're like, if you didn't know this was true, you'd be like, bullshit. Yeah, like, if I was watching this movie and the story was, like, if it would never happened in real life and it was just th- this movie, that was just it. Yeah. I would be like, this is stupid. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like, there's no way this would happen. And it did. It did, yeah. To me, the perfect example is the stuff when uh, the manager's uh, fiance comes in. Oh, God. Right? Like, piece of shit. Like, basically, he comes in and he's been drinking a little bit. And the guy on the phone, the the quote unquote police officer, who is not a police officer, you know, tells him to take the apron from her, to do this, to do that. And it basically ends up to him, you know, basically raping this girl. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not full on penetration rape, but it's pretty much rape. What I saw, I thought it was like, fellatio. Which is still, if it's forced, it's still yeah, rape. Yeah, yeah. You know? There and like, some, when you're watching it, you're like, yeah. nobody would, nobody would do that. Like, it wouldn't get that far. How could it get that far? That's ridiculous. 
But it happened. It really did happen. This guy went to jail. He served time. Not enough for sexual assault. And it's like that is that's absolutely insane. <laughs> like that to me, that's the craziest part of this is that like not only did they, you know, humiliate this poor girl, but it ended up in a rape. Yeah. It's like what in the world? How did this happen? Like how did this how did this happen? How did this happen, Matt? I, 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 <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's just like. Not necessarily idiocy. Uh, like it was just a bunch of. It's a bit of idiocy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's idiocy combined with just Not bad knowing. circumstances and trust in a situation where trust wasn't like it was never granted. Really, you know what I mean? That and the whole place being busy. Yeah. The whole time I watched, it, I just couldn't help but think about my place of work. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if this was me. If I was the one, they're like, oh, John there, he stole some money. I was like, would my boss, like, take my side? Because she sure doesn't. She just like, oh, if she did it, I guess. Like, she never once trying to be like, I don't think she would do that. Yeah. And, I don't, and you know, they kind of played up at the beginning of the movie, maybe a little bit of jealousy. Yeah, or just not in liking. And I don't want to, like, you know, that that's probably where the movie, like, strays from the actual events. Yeah. So you don't want to accuse the real person of this. But in the movie, for sure, it does, like, at the very beginning of it, it does feel like maybe she has a little bit of jealousy towards Becky. Oh, yeah, yeah. And her, her, you know, I guess her just her youthful lifestyle. But at the same time, like, <laughs> the the portrayal of the manager, she does such a good job that, it, like, it feels like she feels like a real manager. I've, I heard, like, I read up on it, like, I read that she actually won awards for this. Yeah, well, she should have. She did a very good job. Because, like, I was having flashbacks of being at work. That's not good. I was like, God dang. (laughs) This is too close to home. Yeah. And it also makes me like, I don't know, I don't work in, like, an environment like this yet. Yeah. But it makes me, like, it makes me think that if this happened at, like, where I work, like, where I work at sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it's like, if this happened to someone (laughs) or me, <laughs> oh, oh no, he's an even. He's an even. I'm right. I'm right. Like, would, would they do something about it, or would they just keep going along with it? Yeah, exactly. It's like, would they take my side, or would I be butt ass naked getting my butthole looked at? <laughs> you know. <laughs> God dang it! I'd like to believe they would. You know, take your side. Believe me, but I don't know. Because like, it's so easy for someone to be like, you know, you hear about it all the time, like people putting fake. Uh, fake police lights on the cars and getting people to pull over and, you know, killing them and raping them and robbing them. And yeah. It happens all the time. People just blindly trust anybody that says they're a cop because we, you know, we're raised to trust authority. Oh, God. This is getting kind of political. No, no, no. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying, like, to a fault, I think sometimes people are too trustworthy. Oh, yeah. That you flash a badge and automatically... I mean, I mean, this is also, like, a very... Like I'd say, it's in a lot of ways it could be took as political. Somewhat, like, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was like a low income place as well. You could tell most people working there probably weren't upper echelon. <laughs> you yeah. know, they definitely were low middle class people. So that probably played into it a little bit as well. You know, yeah. Because, like I said again, that that really does play into the trust aspect of. Because I mean. It's like the way I took the message of this and the the story is like don't 
Don't, don't, don't just trust anyone. Don't, don't, it's not just don't trust anybody. It's just don't do anything you don't feel comfortable with. <laughs> the message of all these movies is don't be a dickhead. Well, that's the message <laughs> of life. That's the yeah. meaning of life right there. But, yeah, that's the meaning of life. <laughs> but it's like, to me, the whole thing was just like, just don't do something you're not comfortable with. Yeah. You know, had the boss just put her foot down and be like, I'm not comfortable having my employee take her clothes off here. Yeah. You need to do that. Then this would never have happened. And also, you know, Becky should have really, like, you know, you don't want a victim blame at all. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not her fault this thing happened to her. But, you know, the cop at one point is like, why did you not just say no, you know? The way it works. No, but she definitely was pressured into it, you know, because they were yeah. like, oh, you're going to go jail. Your brother's going to go jail. All this stuff. She had no options, really. But, you know, if somebody would have just put their foot down and be like, no, this is not happening. We're not doing this. One of the most chilling scenes in this entire movie is whenever they finally hang up. Or or he hangs up. I don't remember exactly like how exactly They happens. hang up on him. Yeah. And she calls the police, the actual police. And is like, you know, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't, I haven't done anything today. She calls her manager is what oh, it is. Because he's supposed to be on the line with this cop. Yeah. And he's like, I haven't talked to no cops today. Yeah. I've been sick all day. Oh God! And then she just like hangs the phone up and just walks off. It's it's chilling. The uh, one of the things I like the most about this movie is the very ending, where uh, the manager is on a talk show. Yeah. And she's being questioned about why she let this happen. Yeah. And like she kind of gets this like defense defensive aspect at the end where she's like, "Where are you from?" <laughs> she kind of starts having this normal conversation, and it's because you know she truly you know she has to feel. Absolutely guilty. For yeah, me. I mean, like, if if you don't, if she says she don't, she's lying, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is all her fault at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. She's the one that let this happen. It's... You know, she wasn't the one that directly did it, but she was the one that allowed everything to go down because she just didn't, she just didn't put her foot down. I mean, at the end of the day, this all could have been prevented. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, everything, like, you know, we've definitely watched movies that are way more graphic and way more uh, vulgar in their displays. Yeah. But this movie, like, it hits home in a way that, like, it was complete, it's completely unnecessary. Like, you never needed to see the rape. You never needed to get graphic with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it does it. Just because the situation in itself is just so uncomfortable and uh-huh. so, like, bothersome and just... Oh, God. Just aggravating. That that's enough, you know what I mean? Aggravating, that's, that's pretty much a key word for this movie. Yeah. And Pat Healy does such a great job. Mm. Like, you hate him. Yeah. Because you know, as the audience, you know what's going on. Like, you almost know it from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, like like I said, he's using those old carny tactics, you know yeah. what I mean? All right, someone here has had a grandmother that's passed away, Did they pass, and they, uh, cancer, cancer? Oh, my grandma died of cancer. Ah, she's telling me she loved you. <laughs> Yeah, that's what yeah. he's doing. You know what I mean? And it's so easy to pick up on. But when you're busy and you're just trying to like, I get that many times people ring where I work and I'm just like, hello, how you doing? Uh, yeah, no, we ain't got that. Just because yeah. I'm trying to ring somebody else up and I ain't got time to, <laughs> you know, listen to him. So it's just like when something like that happens, sometimes you're just like, okay, 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 you know, mm. let's get this over with so I can get back to my job. Of course, but this is a little more than just. Oh, do you have this pack of cigarettes? Yeah, but no, I can no. I can definitely see where like you know at first there wasn't any like they didn't pay attention to the small things that could have set them off, you know, set off the little red flags. Yeah, 
<coughs> Wheezy Demon. Wheezy Demon. Oh, like I, like I, it, you haven't coughed all day. And I know. we start doing this, it starts happening. I got this little tickle on the back of my damn throat, and all of a sudden I start coughing again. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else would you like to say about compliance before we move on? Um, I mean, I thought we do this every time. I thought we probably shouldn't do it every time. What? I mean, I'm not, well, I don't know that we shouldn't do it every time, but I thought we do it too much. What? Is, well, I mean, check it out. Well, yeah, but I think that's the point of the show. I mean, like, yeah. people want us to say whether or not they should watch it, I think. I mean, if you're in a mood to get absolutely aggravated, pissed off. Disturbed. Disturbed. Yeah. Then check it out. Shocked. Shocked, yeah. I mean, I think that's the best thing about it, because, like, you're just watching it and being like, this they had to exaggerate this. And no. they did a little bit, but not a lot. Like also another thing, it's insinuated in this movie that the person who did it got caught. They didn't. Well they did, but they didn't. In the movie it was insinuated. Yeah. But in real life they didn't get caught. They got acquitted. Or, what acquitted? Yeah. I thought they didn't Which even basically get means they got proved innocent. Are you kidding me? So the person never got caught, really. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. Basically, they they arrested somebody and then and then realized there wasn't enough evidence to hold them to it. <sighs> so you know who knows if that was the right person or not. If some innocent guy just got arrested for no reason. Well, hopefully that's the case. And hopefully, hopefully not. He went to jail for a little while. Yeah, he only got quit in two thousand eight. <laughs> that's a long time. Oh. The case to happen in what early two thousands? Two thousand two. Yeah, so two thousand two to two thousand eight, dog. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Jeez. Well, all right. If he was innocent, sorry. <laughs> if you if you weren't innocent, f you, <laughs> shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, like it's not hard to find. Uh, no. It's pretty new. It's on Shutter streaming. Yeah, I don't, that's how we watched it. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is or not. But uh, it's on Shutter, and Shutter's only like five dollars a month. So if you're a horror fan. And a lot of these movies we talk about, a lot of them are on there. Tetsuo oh, yeah. the Iron Man is on there. Cannibal Holocaust is on there. Ferox is on there. This one. Um, a movie we're going to talk about in the future. Irreversible's on there. Necromantic. Yeah. So a lot of these like subversive movies that we discuss are all on there. So I mean, you could honestly just go in there while well, watch it. Mm-hmm. And then come back and listen to this. Yeah, for five bucks a month, you can you can have the sick on cinema greatest hits, basically. The greatest hits. It even missed forty fives on there, so it's really? like it is the greatest hits. But yeah, definitely, I, I highly recommend Compliance. Like this was one of those movies that I watched and really had never had an interest in watching it again. Yeah. Like I even told you, like when you you picked this one, I was like, well, I don't know, I don't really want to do this, you know. But, well, I mean, I was just interested. It, like I like how like after this, you're. You're like, oh yeah, this is this is a great a great choice after you watch the movies. I'm just like, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm well, I was just like, I was like, I don't really, I'm not really super interested in going back and watching compliance. You know. Yeah. So I wasn't super into the idea of the episode, but you know, not because I disliked the movie. It was just because like it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't stay with me. Like it did now. Yeah, but watching it again and taking notes and like really, like really, really watching it, watching it, not just you know casually watching it. Yeah, I was like, this is a really good movie. Like, this is really well done, really interesting stuff. Definitely worth a watch. You know, go check it out for sure. Also, if you didn't know the case, it's it's crazy. It's and it's super easy to find. You know, all you gotta do is just Google McDonald's strip. Search prank. I mean, I'm pretty sure during the time when I, mean, I was so young, I don't really know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know anything about it until the movie came out. You know. So. Yeah. But. So, that is compliance. Definitely give it a watch. 
Yes. So from one thing you can't believe happened to another. <laughs> to one, I don't know. Well, I was going to say <laughs> to one that you probably would be least least believe. But I don't know. I don't know with this episode, man. So we fa- we rewind time to 1988. And the actual. To one of the most infamous films to come out of China. One of the most infamous films of all time. Yep. A he- uh, you know, as the the last podcast on Left Boys would say, a heavy hitter. That's a home run right there. Heavy hitter. Yeah. Men Behind the Sun. Well, when you made that sound effect, I, I couldn't tell if you're doing a home run or you're trying to open a sprite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I love sprite. Sprite. Sprite is sponsored by Lil Yachty. Sprite. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. Well, it is. <laughs> All right, anyway. Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Oh god, wrong man! I know, but it's all the same. But anyways, <laughs> Men Behind the Sun. I mean, where do you start with Men Behind the Sun? What, I think a good place for movies like this, like the real, the big, you know, the big daddies of subversive extreme cinema, yeah. is where was your first introduction? Like, when was the first time you heard about it? Okay, so when <laughs> it's almost like, but where were you when this happened? Where were you when the lights went out? <laughs> I'm taking a shit. <laughs> I'm taking a shit. <laughs> I was eating some pizza. Okay. <laughs> anyway. What's a demon? So the first time I heard about this, mm-hmm. first time I ever heard about this was next to your boy, Horrible Reviews. Horrible Reviews. Yeah, he's great. Did he like this movie? I, I don't remember. Or was he like, yeah, it's pretty good. I think he was like, it's okay. It's a good movie. <laughs> Anyways. Horrible Reviews. Definitely go check him out. Oh, yeah. Um, like He was like... <laughs> He pretty much like, he was showing close. I was like, "Wow, this is messed up." Then you finally watch the movie, and it's like, "Wow, this is even more messed up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's on YouTube. You have to go by laws on there. Yeah, so, like, first time you heard about it. So that's a, that's the thing. I've been sitting here racking my brain for a while. Like, when was the first time I heard about Men Behind the Sun? And I really don't know. Like, really, I do remember like hearing the name Men Behind the Sun, and not thinking it was anything. Being like, because Men Behind the Sun, when you hear that, it sounds like some kind of like just regular war movie or something. Yeah. So I really didn't have any interest in watching it or hunting it down because I was like, Men Behind the Sun, whatever, what is that? (laughs) But I don't know where, I I do not remember where I heard it at, but I do remember the first time I watched it and being like, this can't be real. Like, this can't have happened. Like, there's just no way that like, this is not in every history book ever you know, talking about, like, the atrocities of World War II right next to the Holocaust, and then being like, oh, yeah, yeah, this has happened, and it is pretty much covered up, and... <laughs> let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you why this is never talked about. Because Japan is like, shh. <laughs> yeah, I know, Japan got away with a lot with this one. Yeah, and then, then there's another movie where we'll talk about Black Sun, the Nanking King Massacre. Massacre, yeah. Which... Even Same director. Oh, really? Yeah, T.F. Mao. <laughs> Keep releasing shit on this bullshit. This is bullshit. You know, and we'll start this with, you know, we both love Japan. I mean, yeah, of course. We have no dog in this fight. No. A- except for, you know, morality and what's wrong and what's I mean, right. Germany's not shitty anymore. No, no. We love Germany. Germany's perfectly fine. It's a good country. It- Italy's not shitty anymore. Exactly. Either. Right? So, because I did a video on... <laughs> I did a video... No. On my YouTube channel, The Hammer 56. Yeah. 
where I used to review movies. We used to review movies together. Yes, we did. Uh, and I reviewed Black Except Sun. The, very young me. Yes, I reviewed Black Sun: The Nanking Massacre, and it started this shitstorm of comments. Whoa! Of one guy being like, "This never happened." Like basically, a Black Sun, like, a Nanking Massacre denier. Ugh. And people been like, "F you," and they're like, and he's like, "Oh, you're just racist against Japanese people, right?" And it just started this big, long, oh my god, chaos in in the comment section. So, listen, how does that make you? There's proof this happened. There's, you can find the pic, the actual pictures online by a simple Google Google search. I know, we know, but oh god. <laughs> so I'd like to start this by saying this: we're not getting into the political nature of this. Well. We are we are simply reviewing a movie and get, stating our opinions on a movie that is based on factual events. Yeah. Because last thing I want is more freaking bullshit. Bullshit dealing with that. I mean, there's, there's proof this happened. Yes. There's a lot of proof. That this there's happened. facts. Yeah. This happened. This is real. I mean, Japan even knows it happened, but they won't. They won't talk about it. Like no. it's so funny too, because like, and we'll get into what this is about here in a second. Yeah. But this this stuff is just as interesting as the movie itself. You know, it's so funny that like to this day Germany pays for the Holocaust. Yeah. Like no one says Germany and not think about the Holocaust. You know what I mean? Or Nazis. <laughs> and that's un- that you know That's 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 horrible. It sucks, but it's also like, you know, modern day Germans should not have to like atone for it because that's not them. <laughs> they didn't do it. I mean there's even a joke on the last podcast and the left about it. Right. But but at the same time, I mean, like it's such an ingrained part of history that it's never gonna be forgotten. But it's insane because Japan did the same shit. Japan basically did the exact same thing, but they did a lot better job of sweeping it under the rug. Well, we that's because none of no one we didn't fight on land in Japan, so we didn't find the evidence ourselves. You know what I mean? True. Where in Germany there was no hiding it; it was there. Yeah. Although there is people who do not. <laughs> okay. All right. But, so, you know, and it's unfair because, like I said, like, these modern-day Germans should not have to pay for the sins of their past, however they're always going to. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way. But Japan needs to pay a little bit because, by God, they didn't. <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, look at Japan. They're so cute. Look at like, it. Like, they got a past. <laughs> Huh? They got a past. Uh, yeah. They got a dark, dark past. <laughs> yeah, it even goes farther than this. Yeah. So, let's get oh, into Men Behind the yeah. Sun. That's a fun little discussion, though, to talk about. Because it's something I think about a lot. Because, like, you know, I do feel bad for, like, some of the German, Germany sometimes when you think about it. Because they're always like, you know, like, oh, Germany, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two things I think about when I hear Germany is Nazis and Armin Muse. <laughs> <laughs> I think about like I think about scat porn for some reason. I guess because because that's like that was the country it became super popular in. It's either that or alcohol. Yeah, but anyways, Men Behind the Sun. Let's get into it. We waste enough time. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, what Men Behind the Sun is about is the real life uh, story of Unit Seven Thirty One. I thought it was 371, but I was watching the movie. I don't know why. I was like, Unit 371. Unit 731. And what Unit Unit 731 was, was a military base, camp, lab, Lab. stationed where these... It was, yes. Where these soldiers and scientists took what they called marutas, 
which were actually Chinese and Russian and American and the prisoners of war. Prisoners of war. Well, no, 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 no. Prisoners of war. These were innocent civilians. Well, well I mean, what I mean by prisoners of war, I'm talking about just people they captured during. The yeah, war. this wasn't prisoners of war at all. These were just innocent civilians. Yeah, well, yeah. You know that they would capture on their tours of Russia or in um, in, in China. I mean, mainly, it was Russians and Chinas, Chinese people. Yeah, which in were China, China <laughs> which were the victims. And what they would do is they would take them into these these laboratories and experiment new weaponry on them, yeah. such as trying to figure out how the body reacted to extreme temperatures, to find how the body reacts to extreme um, p- compression. How yeah. the body reacted to raw Ebola ejected right into him and bubonic plague and stuff like that. That yeah. was what Unit 731. And this tells the story through a group of youth soldiers who have been brought into the camp to learn. And you see their, you know, them trying to cope with what is going on, basically. Is what and, I mean,. I don't even know where to really begin with this. Men Behind the Sun is a is a movie that is comprised of a lot of scenes. Yeah. Like, the narrative isn't super strong in Men Behind the Sun, as it isn't like, it doesn't tell this long, flowing story. It's, it's like set piece, set piece, set piece, set piece. But not in a bad way. Like, I think it actually works extremely well. The way you should be saying it is atrocity after atrocity <laughs> after atrocity. Well, it's atrocity scene of them in their normal everyday environment. Atrocity. Atrocity. They're having dinner. Atrocity. <laughs> you know. God. I mean, I just don't... It's it's disgusting that this happened. Yeah. It's the, it's the second Holocaust that nobody talks about, basically, <laughs> is what Unit 731 was. Wasn't there one somewhere else? There's oh yeah, this, Mount, this shit happened all the time. This shit happened. Yeah. Uh, this shit happens everywhere still to this day. America kind of had one. Well, we went all about that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we don't. Unit seven, but like the movie, tell like I said, it tells a story through these like these youth, these these Unit seven thirty one youth soldiers. Yeah, and like I really like that because it it gives this weird like coming of age story. <laughs> yeah, but the shittiest coming up. Yeah, like, it's like Stand By Me if it took place in the Holocaust. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a really interesting take. Because it could, you know, honestly, the movie could get boring if you really didn't have any characters to attach with. Yeah. And honestly, I think they could have gone a little further as well. Uh, yeah. I don't think they stuck with that story as much as they could have. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they get lost in kind of like almost like the politicalness of it. Where they're talking about, like, you know, oh, he didn't believe me, and he tried to get me suspended from this one, and oh, this guy, we're going to mutiny on him because he's not true enough to our cause, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes the movie gets a little stale in those moments because it's just like, oh, man, like, I feel like I've just accidentally walked upon a group of old people discussing politics. (laughs) I I feel like during this in this movie. I mean, of course, the scenes, I think we all saw the scenes. Oh, that. yeah. But there's definitely some boring parts of this movie. There's definitely some boring parts of this movie. And I think if they stuck with the the story of the kids and, like, them, you know, trying to come to terms with what's happening and either accepting 
you know, the Japanese philosophy that these people, these Marutas, if you will, yeah. are soulless, you know, specimens, not even human beings, and some being like, I can't. I just can't accept that, you know? Yeah, one, of my, one of my favorite scenes is actually not a gore scene, though. One of my favorite scenes is uh, whenever they're t- at a dinner table talking. Yes. And it's like, oh, all Maruchas should die. And like, who makes them different than us? Yeah. It's, and it's like, wow. And like I said, like I think that's such a cool aspect of the movie that just doesn't get a lot of cr- used yeah. enough, you know? However, saying that, I still really, really enjoy this movie a lot. Oh yeah, like it has the same it has the same flaws that you know when we do review Black Sun, mm-hmm. that sometimes the historical, <laughs> um, the historic yeah the p- historical politics and kind of just the character development of these these soldiers is a bit much at times, mm-hmm. where it's like you know like it's starting to get a little 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 stale. But it's still immensely entertaining, even in those scenes. Like, even though the scenes can drag and be a little boring, you you never get super tired because you know that like the next scene, something probably horrible is gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and of course, this movie is made up of a ton of famous, you know, set pieces. You know, I think to me, the one that's the most striking on a multiple levels. Is the woman who is exposed to cold and then oh. extreme heat, um, particular because the first time we encounter this character, they t- <laughs> they take the soldiers take her baby from her yeah. and just throw it in the snow and like kick snow on it and leave it and just leave it. So immediately you're like, God dang, <laughs> you know, like this is this is horrible. This is horrible. Like that's your first like real taste of like what's to come. And it just gets worse and worse from there. Because to begin with, you know, you kind of just have, like, you introduce your kids, and they're just kind of being kids. <laughs> and then, you know, you introduce the the military aspect of it. But that's the moment where you're like, this ain't no ordinary military. No. This is something else. This is horrible. So basically what they do is they take her out, and they, like, strap her to this piece of wood. And then this guy... Every once in a while, we'll take a a ladle full of water and just pour it on her hands in these freezing temperatures, and he'll take come and break off the icicles. Yeah, and uh, that imagery in itself is like like the cold, the cold atmosphere of this movie is such a great set piece. Oh yeah, like you know, I think I said in my notes that the movie had like a a very somber atmosphere. <laughs> like nobody seems like not even the bad guys seem happy. Like yeah, they have their yeah. jovial moments, but there's a real somberness to the movie. Like it's, I, it's almost like some of them don't really want to do this. Yeah, thing. but it also because I feel like there's a sense of dread uh, yeah, on yeah. a lot of the things. Like you know, on one hand, because some of the people there don't have the same ideology. But also, there's this, there's this growing like, you know, I hear the fighting down south is getting bad. You know what I mean? So there's this whole time there's like this like fear in multiple aspects building. And I think that's such a great way to tell the story. But anyways, you know, all this stuff like adds to like the movie and how good it is. Also, one of the guys, like he, it's also another another thing that really sticks out. Like, I will, I think we'll get to the gore stuff later on. Mm-hmm. I love the gore stuff. But 
well, well, like, like they bring these bodies in here, like they're all like, you know, all the stuff that happens to them. And there's a guy who's working down there, and he's having to throw these bodies into a furnace. Yeah. And he's downing like bottles of alcohol, just trying not to vomit. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, back to the lady with the. With the hands, you know, then they bring her in, and they put them in water and heat the water up, and then just strip her to the bone. It's terrifying. It's a, it's it is like it's such an iconic scene. It looks crazy. It looks crazy. There are little things about it that you can tell that aren't the best. Mainly in her shoulders, like if you just look at her shoulders and not the effects on her hands, because <laughs> the effects on her arms look great. Oh, yeah. But you can tell that like they're not her hands because the shoulder pads are huge, <laughs> like they're so big, <laughs> and it's like what 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 you know what is this? But other than that, the scene is all, like, incredible. Like it's like shocking when it happens. You're like, blah, 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 you know, like no, there's nothing like I expected like to see blood though. Well, at that point, it's gone. You know, it's, her hands are basically dead. Oh, they have no circulation, so there's not gonna be no blood. Ugh. Oh, and God. then like, and then one scene that really like, like to me, the cat. Well, the cat, but like one scene to me that like really like frightened me is when they like, like this man's arms have been exposed to extreme cold, and basically what they've done is they've like nitrogen, you know, oh, nitrogen. What is it? Uh, what's the really cold stuff? Nitrous oxide. That's not that. That's what you boost your car with <laughs> to make it go faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, liquid, 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 liquid nitrogen. nitrogen, yeah. And like they froze his hands, like they froze, yeah. like, and like the doctor just starts breaking his fingers off. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Right? And like the guy at first doesn't even scream because like his hands are so frozen, he doesn't feel it. But then it's just like he doesn't feel what's happening, but he can see his fingers being broke off. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus Christ. Like that scene is frightening. <laughs> Just like the way that he, he just does it, just without like, giving a shit. He just like, yeah, swinging. and that's that's the thing about the movie that I think pushes it above because like, and that's the, such the great juxtaposition because the kids are kind of like squirming and like wincing at this horrible violence, but the doctors like they have no emotion towards it. There's not happiness. There's not sadness. There's nothing. It's just to them, it's just experiments. It, yeah, these people aren't people. These are just things you do experiments on. They should have no feelings about it. Oh. They're just doing their job. Oh God, not again! <laughs> Ooh, that was gross. I'm just trying to think of like all of the scenes. There's so many of them. Oh, the the is it the com- is it compression? The compression sa- chamber, yeah. Yeah, with the guy just like shits intestines out. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna put it a little more nicely, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 put him in there with extreme pressure. And uh, yeah, his his intestines blow out his butt. Oh. That seems bad too. It's gross as hell. <laughs> it looks so real, like it's crazy. Like I don't know how they did that. Maybe they just stuck a damn corpse in there and decompressed it, which is possible. Yeah, because you get to the next scene. Yes, they do an autopsy on a quote unquote alive child. Yes, but. This scene, I feel like, is definitely the most I- iconic in this movie, besides the hand rip. Yeah, the hands is the most iconic, I think, but this is definitely right up there. Because 
They do a legit autopsy. Yeah, like, the story behind it is that, and you can tell when you watch it as well. Yeah, it's... It's 100% real. They found, like, they found somebody that, like, donated their body to be used, (laughs) which is, like, that would never fly in America. Oh, hell no. Or today, anywhere. You know what I mean? That's the difference. It may have flew in the 70s. Who knows? You know, this movie came out in the 80s, of course, but... And it just wouldn't fly nowadays. Like you could not get away with that. Like if a movie tried to get sold anywhere and it had a real boy, yeah, being have being an autopsy done on him, and, and for real, like the hiding, like of the like, I guess the actual identity, yeah, and like making this kid look just like the other kid. Well, it's because they never shoot him from the, the face. face yeah. yeah, and it's insane. Yeah, because it except for like the skin tone. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah. But it looks legit. Well, because it is legit. Well, I'm talking about yeah. it looks it's legit like they chloroform this kid and cut him open. Yeah, and what makes that scene so worse is they they trick the one kid. Oh, yeah. Who's kind of your main character in the movie. It's, who it's kind of befriends this friend. kid. Yeah. And to bring him in and then have him, like, dump his dead body off, basically. Uh, dump his, oh, not even dead body off. Yeah. Just from the... Oh. <laughs> yeah, Men Behind the Sun is is an anomaly in that like it's a war movie that's not a war movie. It's a war. I mean, they do mention like stuff that happened during the war, but, but you see none of the war. No, it's all about you know because I guess it's not super anomaly because I guess there is movies solely about the Holocaust. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's a movie about a subject that isn't talked about a whole ton. I mean, I think nowadays it's garnered a whole lot more traction than it used to. Like, I had a teacher in college, a history teacher, who, you know, was like, we're going to learn today about Japan and the Unit 731 and the Nanking Massacre because it's important and it's not talked about. And most of the people, like, I knew it. Like, I was like, like, oh, I've heard of this. I'd say 99% of the people in that class had no clue, had never heard so anything So you were the about 1%? This. Yeah, I was the 1%. It's because it just wow. got erased from the history books, and you learn about that at the end of the movie. Like while I was in well, while I was in high school, because I graduated, by the way. <laughs> I graduated. And uh, but while I was in school, I mean, they, they talk about the Holocaust all the time. Oh, yeah, and they should, because like it's an important piece of history. But so is this. But so is this, absolutely. This is just as important. It should be talked about alongside the Holocaust, because they're both you know horrible war atrocities. And you know maybe the Holocaust uh, was a grander scale I mean, than I the Unit Seven Thirty One, but not even Nanking because Nanking they killed the entire capital. No one talks about that either. No, you know both of these, th- both the Holocaust and Unit Seven Thirty One and Nanking, you know all should be ta- taught in history because it shows the you know the worst of humanity. Yeah, you know it shows in times of war the worst things that could happen. You know there it shows the worst we we go to during. The and you should learn about it to honor the victims. Yeah, and I feel like if you're gonna talk about the Holocaust, you have to talk about this as well. Yes, absolutely. So I mean, this is not just like a PSA to like teachers or something like that. Yeah, I really wish. And we're also not saying that like. This should be learned about more than the Holocaust. No, 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 because the Holocaust is, you know, a very important tragedy as well. I mean, I important mean, how tragedy. Would... That sounds terrible. I didn't mean it that way at all. What, what I mean is like, what would you say? I said an important tragedy. 
The Holocaust was an absolute tragedy and should never have happened, is what I'm getting at. But it, and it's yeah. important to learn about it because of that. Because, I mean, we can't learn from the future if we don't learn our past. But the difference is, is Ichikawa, the man who in the film is the leader of Unit 731, I don't know if that was really who it was or not, <laughs> uh, was befriended by the U.S. government and started helping us create biological weapons. <laughs> And that's why the Holocaust, not the Holocaust, but uh, the U.S. 731 was swept under the rug. Also because when Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened, they destroyed it. Yeah. And they burned it to the ground, destroyed all of the papers and left. Because, because I mean, at that point D-Day happened. The war was over. <laughs> God. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, people, people always talk, like, I've heard people talk about, like, uh, I, I won't get into it. It's too political. <laughs> Never mind. I, I was gonna get. I was getting into it about the, the bombs. Yeah, I probably shouldn't get into the bombs. Yeah, but you know, after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they knew that it was over. So to hide, hide this stuff, they destroyed it all. Yeah, and they were coming up with some crazy shit, man. Porcelain bombs to distribute bubonic plague-ridden fleas. Oh yeah, you know, like this was some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, no. It's it's scary because like if something wasn't done sooner, like what would have happened? What would have happened? Yeah, we don't know. Like they were coming up with some, like I said, some some insane things. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so was Hitler. You know, the Holocaust yeah. is the same thing. They were you know testing all these things on these these innocent people. Well, what what was that that whole group called? Not not just Nazis, but <laughs> <laughs> not just the SS. Nazis. No, no, I mean, like, there's like a, there's like a name for it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Human experimentation? What are you no, talking about? No, I'm what talking are you about, d- like... What are you talking God about, dog? Dang, I'm talking about Germany, Japan, and... Oh, the Axis powers? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I was trying to, that's what I was trying to say, but I, my, brain, my brain died. Yeah, it's funny, because, like, there's so much revisionistic history in... You know, I think everybody knows that Japan did Pearl Harbor, and mm. that was awful. But, you know, I feel like Italy and Japan are a lot of times let off the hook for World War II and the atrocities that uh, bestowed the world. But really, both countries, you know, they had their own, you know, their own little mini holocausts happening inside of them at the same time, you know what I mean? Japan had theirs, and of course, everybody had Stalin, I mean, Joseph Stalin. Yeah, Stalin had his as well. Yeah, so. He became our ally. (laughs) We won't talk about that. Yeah, but <sighs> it's it's it, crazy. It hurts to know this happened. It's crazy. Like it is crazy. And to, and what makes it even crazier is to know is to not know anything about it. To be like this happened. Like how did I never hear of this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But alas, that is Unit Seven Thirty One. You know. I mean, at the at the end of the day, I feel like we do. We all. Every country on this planet has its own dark history. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> There's no country on this planet that hasn't done something or multiple things that is bad. Our country's done something bad. Oh my God, yes. Japan's done bad shit. Mm-hmm. Germany's done bad shit. Oh yes. It goes. The list goes on and on. It goes on yeah. and on, and everybody should know about all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going on in Switzerland? They're neutral. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like we've talked too much about the Unit 731 and not enough about the movie. But, you know, we do need to move on as well. So let's kind of, like, get into our final thoughts about Men Behind the Sun. Um, 
it, it, I mean, it, it's it's a great movie. I feel like it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's unfortunate that the only real edition of it out there is an absolute garbage yeah. release of it. That's a VHS transfer. First of all, oh. I don't know if you caught the times that the movie literally tracked. What? Did you not see this? No. There's some times in the DVD when the damn movie like goes and like tracks. Holy shit! Like so, it's a straight VHS rip, which does add something to it in a way. Uh, like this is kind of one of the movies that is like you know, I, you know, I do want a good edition with a good transfer and everything, but there is a charm to watching a movie this gritty and grimy on like a shitty version. However, there's no English subs. No. It, you can choose the, the the Cantonese language, but it's but it doesn't have damn subtitles. So, and and if they are, I ain't figured out how to do it. All right, master video. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was putting a lot on Lewis. Like, hey, Lewis, go find the rights to Men Behind the Sun. Uh, he's, he he pulled a lot of shit out of his. Yeah, Lewis is awesome. I love Lewis. I love master video. And well, if they did anyone, like, if they did, I'd I'd bow to their feet. Like, any company out there that's brave enough to do it. Mm, to that's do the it. thing, too. You know, like, yeah. Arrow has definitely tackled some some rough movies. I mean, they did Baze Moy. Yeah. They did uh, the Necromantic movies. They're doing their Toasting. Oh, really? Um, so, I, I think they would, you know, pull the trigger on Men Behind the Sun. Because it's an important movie. Yeah. You know, it, it needs to be it needs to be out there. But... You know, there was one point in the Black Sun got a release. Unearth picked it up. Unearth picked it up. Yeah. Well, wait, Unearth is still around, right? They don't do a whole lot of um, retro films or, or, you know, anymore. They mostly do newer films, which is cool because they're giving a platform for newer extreme cinema. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's still classics out there that need good releases. Yeah, I mean, there's so many movies out there that need releases. Yeah. I mean, another one that I feel like we do need to cover one day, Begotten. Begotten, absolutely. But I hear it's getting a Blu-ray, so. Really? Yeah. So, you know, in time. I'm excited, but I've always I've always heard the movie's boring as shit. Mm. <laughs> boring as sin. You know, Men Behind the Sun, to me, is, you know, an, a disturbing movie, but a good movie first, and then a disturbing movie yeah. second. It is extremely disturbing. It's an extreme classic. When it gets going, it is definitely, (laughs) it's definitely a punch in the gut. However, it's also just a really good movie. Mm. It's very interesting. That it has its moments of kind of slow moving, but you know, like we said, it it needs it needs a good release. Of course, because as as charming as it is to watch it on a shitty version because it's like watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a shitty version is yeah. adds something to it. <laughs> of course. It still needs, like, because T.F. Mao is such an interesting director. I want to hear him. <laughs> to be honest, like, in the way... In the way I don't I know if T.F. Mao is still alive. He may have passed away, actually. But, oh. but anyway, it, it still needs to be... It's it's too important to not have a good release, so hopefully somebody soon, one day. Uh, did they have a lot, a lot of other movies as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. In the same, like, disturbing realm? Uh, he only, yeah, yeah, he has a couple of the movies that are kind of considered extreme, but he only tackled two. There's actually four Men Behind the Sun movies. There's Men Behind the Sun, The Devil's Experiment, Men Behind the Sun 2. <laughs> Maybe not Devil's Experiment, because I know that's also um, Guinea Pig. Yeah. And there's Men Behind the Sun 3, and then there's Black Sun, The Nanking Massacre, but he only did the first and last one. Oh, okay. So... so. We should we should do a spotlight piece on his movies. I would like day. to talk about Mao one day. 
But I feel like we probably should move on. We definitely need to move on, but you definitely need to check out Black, uh, Man Behind the Sun. It's it's a it's a it's a must watch if you're into the extreme cinema. I mean, if 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 you're listening to this, you most likely are. Yeah, or you're at least curious. So, last up, it's from the golden year of uh, 2007. 2007 was a hell of a year. Like, if you go and look at, like, I can't remember all the movies off the top of my head, but I know Horror's Ball has talked about this. Yeah. Like, if you look at everything that came out in 2007, it's a pretty damn good year in horror movies. But uh, one of the gems that uh, has kind of set in silence a little bit, that was immensely talked about when it first came out, but has kind of been pushed to the wayside a little bit uh, is this little independent film based on a, a, a novel by Jack Ketchum which is based off of an atrocity like another like horrible horrible event horrible event and one day I would like to do a Jack Ketchum episode I think really because we could do The Lost and Red and The Woman you know Jack Ketchum has wrote a lot of crazy stories like based off of like real stuff some of them yeah and there's a bunch of movies on these as well Huh? There's a bunch of movies yes. and movies as well. Yes, yeah. I, I, I never knew that, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, Jack Ketchum is kind of an underrated author, man. But, uh... I, I, think I hear his name, I think about Pokemon. <laughs> Ketchum, oh, Pokemon! <laughs> no, Ash Ketchum. That, that's gonna be the palate cleanser once we get into this movie. Pokemon? Pokemon. Okay. Um, but this is 2007's The Girl Next Door. Oh, God. This is a movie... Okay. <laughs> This is a movie, before we get, like, really into it, I had to take multiple breaks during watching this movie, because it's, it's that rough. Um, the first time I had ever watched The Girl Next Door was 2007. When it first came out. That was the only time I had ever watched The Girl it's Next Door. 10 years. And as it was happening, I remembered everything. There wasn't a scene in that movie that didn't I didn't remember. It is... <sighs> It's a movie, it's one of the movies that makes me feel the absolute worst. Like, no, like, almost no movie other than, like, Solo. Yeah. Like, Solo and Mortem. But Mortem gives me a different kind of disturbed feeling than those two movies. But The Girl Next Door is, to call it a gut punch, is... An understatement. An understatement. It is an absolute assault on morality, on your humanity. You know what I mean? Like, just a feel, like an emotional, like, feeling, like, taking a physical feeling and, make, and transferring to a mental feeling. This is how this is pretty much go. Having a truck hit you that's loaded with ton of bricks. Right. It's like someone has a chair, and that chair is sadness, and they just beat you with it. <laughs> beat you with it to you're no more. Yeah. So, Girl Next Door takes place in the 50s. Yeah, 1950s to 2000 when smoking was cool. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Um, And it's all about this kid named Davey, which I know, you know, when it comes to the true story of what happened, that is one thing that I think some people who, you know, criticize Jack Ketchum's telling of it is that, like, he kind of, he didn't tell it from the perspective of the victims. He told it from the the perspective of a, a third party. I mean, it's just, <coughs> which you know, in the real life story, this person didn't even exist. I mean, you have a little humanity to this. Yeah, I, 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 and I do think it was. I kind of like it because it creates it's almost like a voyeuristic aspect to yeah. it. 
where we're seeing it through him. So he's just getting these little snippets of it. So you're not always with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I kind of like I kind of like that. I think that's a really interesting way to do it. But anyways, it's about Davy, and uh, he meets this girl named Meg, who is his now new next door neighbor. After her and her sister's parents died in a horrific car accident. Yeah, that left. Well, didn't did leave her like her little sister. Yeah, in uh, crutches and leg braces. Yeah. They move in with their aunt, Auntie Ruth. Oh, bitch. <laughs> and her three sons. Sorry. And um, all seems well on the outside. Now I'm looking in. I mean, it seems nothing's wrong until you go a little deeper inside. And you learn that there's deep-seated jealousy. It's the, it's this home secret that should have never got out. And much. anger. And uh, basically it leads to torture and rape and eventual murder of these girls. It was, it was one of them. One of them. One yeah. of them. About to say. But they both were tortured and assaulted. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> Unfortunately, and to go along with the theme of this, this what this actually did happen. Yeah, and uh, and the big unfortunate fortunate is that the woman who was the who Auntie Ruth is based upon was granted parole. Absolute bullshit. Yeah, and you know, lived out the rest of her life in her home. <laughs> God, <laughs> justice was not done here. No, definitely not. Um. I don't really even know where to begin with the girl next door. I mean, it's kind of hard to really like like talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like like with a lot of these, we've talked about like the actual stories and stuff, but it's kind of hard not to with this one as well. Yeah, well, that's what this whole episode is based upon. I mean, is the real life? You know, these movies based upon real life horrors. It's just, ugh. um, to me. You know, there's always the discussions of, like, what's the most disturbing movie ever made? Is it Serbian film? Is it is it Mortem? Is it Solo? Is it Reversible? What do you know? What is the most disturbing movie ever made? You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, like, make a bold claim as though this is the most disturbing movie ever made. But to not have it in the discussion of those films is inaccurate because... This is one of the hardest movies to get through that I have ever watched. Yeah, and when, like I also know that you've watched a ton of these. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. watched pretty much like every one of the movies on my list. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I still haven't seen some of the. Well, I mean, I know, but I mean, you've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of them. Yes, and you own a lot of them. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I mean, I can't say that I haven't seen a lot of these disturbing movies because I've seen quite a few of them. Yeah. Some of them actually do, like, based on, like, true stuff. But this one, it's hard to compare this to anything I've seen so far. Yeah. The thing about, I think what kind of sets the girl next door apart and kind of leaves it in its own weird world that doesn't, people just don't gravitate to it, is it got sort of a mainstream release. Yeah. You know, Anchor Bay put it out, I believe. Wow. You know, it got this pretty wide, not theatrical wise, but pretty wide release. Like I was about to say, no, I mean it got a limited theatrical run. Like it did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Anchor Bay usually does that with all their releases, and I'm pretty sure it was Anchor Bay that put this out. I could be wrong about that, but where's the DVD at? Um, 
you know, and I think people look at it and they just don't see like, ah, I can't be that bad. It's, you know, because most of these movies that we know of are like immensely independent or older. Yeah. You know, where this one kind of falls into that weird where it is independent, but it's bigger than your average independent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but just because something is a little more mainstream doesn't doesn't uh, take away its effectiveness. Of course not. Because this movie pulls no punches. It it shows you what happened. It may not be as graphic or you know visceral as something like a solo or an Agrasangamortem. But it shows you enough and leaves enough to your imagination, and like the way it's done is just as powerful and disturbing and hard to get through as any of those movies. <sighs> like, everything kind of takes place down in the... Like, it, it starts upstairs. Yeah. You know, it starts with, you know, abusive verbally, and then it gets more physical, and then it kind of moves down into the basement and gets more and more extreme. And like I said, to do it through Davy character creates this voyeuristic aspect to it where, like, you know, he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go over there. He doesn't want to see this, but he knows he has to because he wants to help. Yeah. And the only way he can even come close to helping it is to go and see what's happening. And another thing, like, I, I point, like, I, I didn't say I pointed out, but, I mean, I, I guess people would see it as well. The Davy character, like, from the very beginning, you can tell, like, he falls in love with her. Yes, Absolutely. And cares so much for her, mm-hmm. and wants to do anything to get her out of the situation. And I think, but I think it goes beyond just being like, "Oh, I'm attracted to this girl." I think it's just because it's like he's a it's horrible what they do. To he's her. a good person, yeah. That clearly doesn't like, like just the small stuff, you know, mm. just the you know the verbal berating bothers him. Like the whole the, the scene with the painting. Exactly, it's little stuff like that, you know. Yeah, got talking to your mic more, dog. Okay, not that close, please. But <laughs> that's a bit close. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is like, it, you know, so you're with him. You don't want to see it. No. So you're with him. So you're like, God dang it, here we go. You know, and they always show him like coming down the stairs, and you can just hear what's happening. You know, and it's like you don't want to, you're like, don't do it. You know what I mean? And I feel like in a lot of movies, it's what they don't show you that bothers. That's true to an extent. I'm not a person that, like, accepts that 100%. I mean, yeah. Because what August Underground Mortem shows me <laughs> is much worse than what most people could only, like, insinuate. I'm just saying, I'm not looking forward to revisiting <laughs> that one. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not the kind of person that, like, wholeheartedly believes that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. But but sometimes it is very effective. It's all case by case, I think. It depends on how you do it, and this movie does it perfectly. But this movie also gets pretty graphic at times as well. I mean, yeah. You know. Ugh. Um, But it's the little things this movie, like, you know, her coming up to Davey and being like, can you, can you spare me a hamburger? I haven't eaten days. <sighs> you know, little things like that that, like, really, like, really hit at home, make it feel real. You know what I mean? Um... Auntie Ruth and the lady that, you know, that character, man. The person who played her? Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Does a great job. But to the actual person, part of my language, John, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> you know people are going to listen to this. I, I, I don't care. That pisses me off, young boy. All right. That she right. Got- I don't care. I don't care, personally. I'm just saying, like, your mom might. 
on this at some point. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. If, if you want to, you can bleep me. I'm not care. bleeping anything. You know me, dog. I don't edit that yeah. when a truck starts in the background. <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. Um, look, I, I, don't, I mean, I'll guarantee everyone, family-wise, that's listened to this, has heard me say it before. Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying. Like, it's I don't fine. care. It's okay. I don't give a shit, but that's not the point. God dang it. I know. This movie... Pisses me off so much. Yeah, the performances are really good. There are some moments of like ADR where the voices just don't quite match what they're saying in a way. Yeah, that do kind of hurt it just a little bit. Are you talking about the, like the little kids going on? Yeah, in the lake scene, like when you first meet Meg. Yeah. Like yeah. the voiceover work is just a little awkward. But that was oh, it dubbed. Not the whole movie, just that scene. Oh. The river was probably louder and shit, and they probably went back and ADR'd it. Yeah, fair enough. But that's, you know, that's that's low-budget filmmaking, and sometimes things like that happen. You know, the movie, this movie did not have a big budget. I mean, no. And, you know, I've heard people say that the Meg character looks too old to be playing. Well, I but, mean, I mean, again, that's like, there's nudity involved. She kind of had to. Yeah. She had to be older. They had to do their best. And she does a very good job, so, you know, I don't see the complaint there, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see, like, she's definitely older. Yeah. But, I mean, you, that's kind of the way you had to do it for this movie to even be in existence. Yeah. They, they did a good job with it, I feel like. They balanced it very well. And they also added characters who are older as well to make it seem... seem yeah, make it add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, unbel- you know, like... This movie is probably the one that strays away further from the actual story, yeah, than in the other ones, um, because like, you know, it has this aspect of like the local kids also getting in on the torture of her, and that's not necessarily true. Was it just the? It was the. It was the lady, her t- kids, and her. She had a daughter and her daughter boyfriend. And her daughter's boyfriend. Yes. So that aspect of it, it was a little exaggerated. But so what about the little girl? Was she like real in the real story? Yes. Okay. I don't know if she had leg problems, but yes. Yes, she was real. Well, she's such an innocent. She's so innocent looking in the movie. Yeah. Like they did a great job of like show like shooting her and making her look. And another chilling scene is close to the very end, and she's like, "Do you hate me?" And she's like, and he's like, "No, of course not." Mm. Like, well, you should. It's like, oh, stop. Yeah, the movie. <laughs> I mean, the girl next door is truly one of the one of the hardest movies I've ever sat through. I mean, it, it's it's it blows my mind a little bit. That this movie's not talked about more. Yeah, it's definitely time for the girl next door to take its rightful spot as one of the top disturbing <laughs> movies of all time. It deserves it. It it's just. It's just, I mean, like, there's no better way to describe it than just a gut punch. I mean, it's just like, it, it has those moments where you're watching it, watching it, and you're just like, oh my god. You know, like, those those sigh, deep sigh, look away from the screen moments. Those those scenes that if you had alcohol in front of you, you'd become an alcoholic. It's, and it, like I said, like, <laughs> it, it isn't as visceral as, say, like, a mortem. Or, where, like, there's certain scenes of mortem that you're just like, oh my god. You know what I mean? Like,. <laughs> Like, it yeah. hits you at your very core as a human, you know what I mean? This one is different. This one hits you right in, like, the feels, right in, like, your humanity. But, I mean, which which fits in with the rest of these movies? But yeah. But this one may be, the, like, the hardest we watch. You know, Men Behind the Sun is definitely the heavy, hit, the heavy hitter of this episode. Yeah. 
However, I, I'm you know I think the girl next door is more disturbing. Yeah, um, I think it's more effective to me mm-hmm. than Men by the Sun. Both equally good movies, though. Uh, yeah, I would say I'd recommend both. There isn't a bad movie in this. No, definitely not. The girl next door is just it, it's. Like I said, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like it kind of got surpassed by things like Serbian and Human Centipede and these more like elaborate, mm. you know, over the top, crazy, disturbing <laughs> movies. Where this yeah. one's a little more quiet. It's a little more somber. It's a little, you know, I mean, subdued, if you will. But it, it's 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 more effective than like a Serbian film to me. Mm-hmm. It's more effective than Human Centipede. Like it, 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 it's up there with like Irreversible, and and Solo, the Hundred Twenty Days of Sodom, and Mortem. Like it belongs in that group. I mean, up until this point, the most disturbing movie I watched was Argus Raven Grimm's Mortem. Yes, I, I watched. I tried to watch them all three in order. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've watched. I've done that. And Mortem. I mean, I know we'll, we'll do the episode soon enough. But it's a movie that I I won't go back to at least for a little while. Oh yeah, like this movie, if unless I have to, I won't go back to it. <laughs> and that's like, but that's not, and that, and I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, that's not you talking shit on the movie. The movie's good. Oh yeah, the movie's great. The movie's a very very good coming of age, disturbing, <laughs> true crime horror movie. But the way the movie makes you feel is a way that you don't want to go to very often. <laughs> it, it, I mean, as you said, you didn't go back and watch it for ten years. Not because the movie's shit. It's because how how bad this movie is in the sense of like how bad it makes you feel. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, this movie does definitely does show the worst humanity has to offer. Yeah, and <sighs> and there's so many things like we get into. Like we're we're, we're starting to run a little long so I don't want to you know take too much time up but like there's so many things you get into like like Ruth's like like her whole psychology like why she is the way she is you know there's only little hints at it in the movie they don't ever really delve deep into it but a lot of it I feel still stems from like this jealousy because she was like they you know I think she felt like she was the attention getter of all the boys not basically, not necessarily because she was the most attractive person, but because she offered them cigarettes and beer, yeah, and attract like one of the boys. But then when this younger, prettier girl began to take her attention away from her, that's you know she felt worthless. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this case happened in America. In America, I don't know. I didn't look up this case much. Like, I mean, the other movie's called American Crime. Yeah. So I that one may not be accurate either. We don't know. I don't know. And, the, and American Crime is good as well. I just don't like it as much. It's a more accurate depiction of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just not as good of a movie. But it's still a good movie. It's still worth a watch. Wait. Definitely worth checking out. We'll, we'll go back to the movie in just a second. Like This is me rambling on for a second. To to the people who let her, who let her walk out free, Yeah. shame on you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I'm also a believer of like people can redeem themselves. How can you redeem yourself after doing something like yeah, this? Yeah, but this this is to the point of, like, there was no redemption. No, there, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, killing killing someone is already bad enough. And it's the I mean, it's not like they killed her either. It's the slow torture. Yeah, she died from her, like... Her injuries. From her injuries and, and the lack of food and water and stuff like that. It's disgusting. Yeah. 
Yeah, shame on the people who let her get out. That's enough of that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's unfortunately a story that doesn't have necessarily a happy ending. You know, the, I can't, I think her name was like Gertrude or something like that. I'm going to be completely off about that. But, um, she honestly deserved worse than lung cancer, you know? (laughs) Yeah. She, her death should have been mercilessly and slow, but. Alas, that's not how life works. She got to die at home. She got to die peacefully at home, you know, of lung cancer, which I'm sure was terrible, but yeah, <laughs> not terrible enough. <laughs> it's not terrible enough for someone like this. So you like to put in your final... We, we didn't even get into the aspect that her kids are like sociopaths. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look who your your parent is. Yeah. Um. Also, I'm, I'm sorry for my language. Like, it's okay. I, I mean, like, we're not a PC podcast at all. I, mean, no, <laughs> I, I went too far. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, You're 18. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I guarantee after this this airs, I'm going to get a lot of shit from people. <laughs> but not, not, not from, like, other viewers. I'm just talking about, like, people we know. So, uh, to wrap up Girl Next Door, I mean, like, it's just... It's a movie, like, unless... It's not even, like, to say it's unrelenting is a lie, because there is moments of, like, relief, but that's even worse. <laughs> because you know there's just, like, you know, when you see them, like, buying ice cream and hanging out at the lake, you know what's going on. So that's almost even worse, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's slow, and that's... That's the worst part of it, I think, <laughs> you know? Like... It's it's almost hard to recommend this movie. Not, it's not, yeah, I mean, like this is only recommended to those who are into not even necessarily extreme cinema. This is for people who you know like who like like Lifetime movies, yeah. but only if they're done really good. Because <laughs> that's kind of like what this is, you know what I mean? Yeah, the story is a story that you could see on the Lifetime Network, but it's just done in a much better way. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, also, if you're if you're going to watch this movie, prepared to have your day ruined. Yeah, it's not a fun watch at all. <laughs> um, but I but I do poor, recommend it. If you have poor John over here, already had a shit week. Yeah, <laughs> to go into this. I was actually like, movie. you know, a movie's bad when you're looking forward to watching Men Behind the Sun after. <laughs> I watched I watched those in reverse order. I know, so. right? <laughs> that was a bad idea. You know, you know, a movie's rough when it's like, well, at least I only got to watch Men Behind the Sun. <laughs> 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 only one of the most disturbing movies of all time. Men Behind the Sun's really rough. It's not as bad as <laughs> The Girl Next Door. <laughs> oh my god! A little bit of a lighter note. For some reason, I was trying to take a drink out of my microphone. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, the DVD of The Girl Next Door is still out there. It's still readily available. I'd say go watch it, because it definitely, like I said, it deserves its spot. I mean, yeah. I mean, It deserves to be talked about more. If you're wanting to like work your way up the mountain of disturbing movies, then definitely watch this one. This bad boy's right up there. It, sh- it, it should be up there, for oh, sure. F- Matt, look at your uh, calendar, please. My calendar? As we wrap up Girl right. Next Door. So, Keep yeah. On. We both highly recommend Girl Next Door as far as watching something extreme. Just realize that when you watch it, you ain't going to have a good time with it. <laughs> You're going to be like, man, that was a really well-made, good movie, but I hate life. <laughs> <laughs> I hate human beings. Yeah. Um, so, Compliance, Men Behind the Sun, Girl Next Door, highly, highly recommend them all. So, two weeks from now, 
right? That would be the next episode. When is that? When? Well, when's it? When's it airing? Oh shit! If we know, we never know. When's this one going up? Who knows? We, we Sick to- on cinema, the podcast where you don't know when it's coming. Surprise! Yeah, you don't even know. I won't <laughs> tell you what you're gonna get, but you don't know if that's what you're gonna get. That's true. If you don't like, I mean, we told you what we were gonna do last week. Guess what? We didn't do it. Goofed you. <laughs> Got him. Um, what I'm asking is, when's Christmas? Christmas falls on a Monday. On a Monday. When is the next Friday? The next Friday is the 22nd. Wasn't that what, the next Friday? Yeah. No, next, the next, like, not next week, the week after. When would the show be theoretically being recorded? The 22nd. Oh, shit. Okay. We have to record a little early. We're going to have to record early. I don't know why we're recording this, but. Ah, This is part of the podcast. This is real live right here. (laughs) This is us discussing what's happening. So the next episode is going to be a Christmas spectacular. Hey. Which is going to be great after these, like, whole-humly depressing movies. Yeah. It's going to be nice to watch something a little goofier, a little funner, and kind of just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't even know what's going to be on this episode just yet. I do. I've come up with it. Hell, yeah. This is going to be the spooky Christmas spectacular. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to edit this podcast after then. Yay. Yay. But it's not going to go up on Christmas. It's going to go up on that weekend, so it means we're going to have to record early. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit it and have it on the computer ready to, ready to go that weekend. Uh, but the movies we're going to be covering... Oh, I'm ready to hear it. We're going to be tackling our first venture into the sleaze box. Oh, well, I knew this one was coming. The Bob Glazer classic, Cannibal Claws. Oh, Jesus. Which, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Yeah. Um, Brought to you by the men behind Pieces. Oh, okay. Features a little slasher film not talked about, about a psychopath killing Santa Clauses in elaborately insane ways. <laughs> And that is Don't Open Till Christmas. Oh, cool. And last but not least, he's the world's most pissed off snow cone. Oh, no. Brought to you by the Mighty Vinegar Syndrome. It's Jack Frost. Hell yes. So this is a kind of a complete like step away from what we normally do. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be more fun. It's going to be more fun. It's just a way to talk about some... You know, we talked about Christmas Evil and Black Christmas, and I didn't want to tackle movies that are like the most popular. Yeah, because that's been done to death. Everyone knows to watch those Isn't movies. Jack Frost a little popular though. But Jack Frost is a little popular. That's what yeah. I was getting at. But it's not as popular as say like even Christmas Evil now. Like Christmas Evil has gotten its fan base and oh, I love that movie. surpassed even like Jack Frost. And I thought about maybe even doing Santa Slay, but I was like, maybe Santa Slay is a little too goofy, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I don't think we we have a too goofy on this. No, we're not gonna review something like scary movie on here. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these are a little more mainstream. Well, not Cannibal not, Claus not, or Don't Open to Christmas, but Jack Frost is a little more mainstream. More people know about that I than mean, your average sick on cinema episode film. I mean, I mean, this whole podcast is to show you either like disturbing, weird. Or <laughs> stop that. Okay. Or movies that are not as well known. Mm. But I mean, Jack Frost is a weird movie. So yeah, it is a weird it. movie. Like none of these movies are disturbing. No, they're all fun, goofy movies. But they all fall into the weird category because <laughs> God knows Cannibal Claus is a weird ass movie. Okay, we we watched that one already. Don't don't open till Christmas is all about a guy who kills Santa Clauses. 
<laughs> and it's weird as shit and just as badly made as pieces. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm looking forward to it already. And uh, Jack Frost is all about a goddamn killer snowman that can't be killed. <laughs> so they definitely fall into the weird category. So, to uh, everyone who listens, you actually have something to look forward to and have a laugh with next week. Yep. Or next... I always think next week like it's... It's ep- next two weeks. <laughs> Your weekly episode. And, uh... Am I picking the episode after that, after this Christmas spectacular? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Um, so this one doesn't really count. Yeah, this Christmas spectacular is going to fall into a regular schedule, sick on cinema. But this is... But it's going to be like a special. It's not going to be... Uh, like, if we numbered our episodes, this wouldn't be a numbered episode. This, this is just like, our Christmas special. Yeah, because like I said, like these are kind of... These would be movies we almost would not cover if it wasn't for a Christmas special. Yeah. Um, but after that, we're going to delve into the world of Doski Yamanashi. Oh. Some Japanese sleaze. Sleaze? Yeah, so that's what you can be looking forward to, my friends. My dudes. <laughs> my dudes. Um, my brewskis. At the end of the episode, I want to give a massive shout-out once again to Jason from Rain Architect for doing our theme song. Yes. We love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Every time I edit it, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just again, email us at sickoncinema.gmail.com. Send us an Instagram post if you would like to. I don't yeah. know how Instagram works really, I guess. I mean, you send us a direct message. Yeah. But if you really want to contact us, email or Twitter. Yeah. Or now, Facebook. Yes. I mean, I was not very active on Twitter for a while because I'm in charge of the Twitter page. Yes. But, I mean, if you email us and whatnot or send a message on Twitter, I will mm-hmm. be there to answer everything. I'll be there. I'll be there. But I am John. I am Matt. And you've you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick. On. Cinema. Cinema. Cinema.